Hi there, it's Megan Mitchell from Agents of Change. Thanks for checking out my podcast. If you enjoy the content, please check out my ASWB test prep courses for the bachelor's, master's, and clinical exams. Each Agents of Change course includes more than 30 key topics that closely match the ASWB KSA content areas. Our content is great for both auditory and visual learners and includes video walkthroughs, supplemental materials, hundreds of practice questions, and twice monthly live study groups with me. You can learn more and get 10 free practice questions at agentsofchangeprep.com. Hi there, it's Megan Mitchell, the founder of Agents of Change Social Work Test Prep. And today I'm here to bring you a revamped, updated social work shorts on a preview of some ASWB sample practice questions. If you are looking for more ASWB exam prep content, go ahead and head on over to our website at agentsofchangeprep.com. We really do have something for everyone from free to paid content, and we have tons of information for you to get more acclimated to be prepared to sit for your ASWB exam. So let's go ahead and jump into some tips for approaching practice questions. So practice questions, why are they so important? Content is great for this exam. You need to know content to be able to answer the questions correctly. However, completing practice questions is just as important and I would make the case that it might be more important than just studying the content. And why is that? It's going to give you practice. Practice, 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 practice. And for this exam, content is not enough to help you get a passing score. Not only do you need to know the content, you need to be able to apply the content and you need to be able to utilize it in practice questions, in clinical vignettes to help you piece together the information. So it's very important that throughout your studying, you are completing practice questions. I 100% recommend completing at least one full-length practice exam so that you are comfortable with the way the questions are worded, you're comfortable sitting for the entirety of the four hours, and so that on test day, you have some practice under your belt. So let's say practice, 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 practice questions are going to be really helpful. I also want to preface it by saying, if you are taking practice exams or you're working through practice questions, a solid, good quality practice question is going to have a rationale as to why the question is correct or incorrect. If you are finding questions that do not give answer rationales, it's not a good question. You need to know why the answer was correct, and you need to be able to use that rationale to help guide you. So you really need to make sure that you are finding quality, solid practice questions to work from. Here is my advice as you are working through practice questions. Read each question two times through. And you might be thinking, I don't have time. There's 170 questions. I don't have time to read each question through twice. Why do I suggest this? Because you're going to pick up on details that you missed the first read through. When we are in the testing environment, it's very high stakes. We might be more anxious, our adrenaline might be, you know, operating at a high level. So we might be more prone to rush. So if you read each question twice, you're able to do a sweep a second time to make sure you did not miss anything in the first read through. 
If you are someone that tends to rush or go fast through tests, um, so say you're someone that's finishing in an hour, an hour and a half, that's pretty quick. Slow down. Read each question two times through. See if you missed any details at first glance. And a lot of times I will have people get answers wrong. They go back, they reread it, and they say, oh, I missed that. I, I just was going too fast, and I missed a very important detail. Always ask yourself after reading the question, what is this question asking? If you're not able to understand what the question's asking, you need to go through and read it so that you do understand. And some of these questions can be longer, they can be dense, they can be confusing. This is where you really want to rely on some sort of breaking down questions strategy. So here I suggest using the five W's approach that is an agents of change approach that we teach. And if you are looking for information on the five W's, we have a blog post, a podcast, and a YouTube video on it. So make sure you have some sort of strategy for pulling out important details and being able to synthesize information as you're reading practice questions. Lastly, read all answer choices before selecting an answer. This is also a good tip if you're someone that tends to rush. So you don't want to automatically say, I know the answer is A, I'm going to select A and move on. Every word matters on this test, and there could be the slightest variation in answer choices. So you want to make sure that you're reading all answer choices before selecting an answer and thinking about all of the answer choices, similarly to how you pull out information in the practice question stem. And the stem is just the, the wording that is, is giving you to answer the, the practice question. You want to make sure that you're equally spending your effort reading the answer choices before jumping to a conclusion, selecting an answer, and moving on. Also, do not leave any answers, un any answers unanswered. You will get it wrong if you leave questions blank. So if you are stuck, make your best guess, but please select an answer because even selecting your best guess is better than leaving it blank. So make sure that you are not leaving any questions blank because those are going to be points that you get off. So let's go ahead and do three practice questions together here. So question number one. A social worker is having an initial meeting with a client who seeks treatment to help improve interpersonal relationships. The client states that she has tried therapy before, but her previous therapist was not involved. When the social worker inquires further, the client states that the previous worker did not respond to calls or texts during off hours and would only speak to her during working hours. What should the social worker do next? A, ask the client about her expectations of communication with the therapist. B, go over confidentiality and privacy with the client. C, explore the client's feelings towards the past therapist in further detail. Or D, continue to collect information about the client's reason for entering therapy. So go ahead, take a moment to read this through and start to pull out important information. Okay, what information is important here? What do we need to know? Initial meeting. This means this is the first time, the first interaction we are having with this client. And you need to think to those stages of the helping process. What are you doing in the first stage? You are engaging the client. You're building rapport. You're going over boundaries. You're explaining confidentiality. You're getting consent. So 
Why is the client in treatment? To improve interpersonal relationships and other past information that's important. Been in therapy before, however, felt the therapist was not involved. When there are words in quotes, please draw your attention to it. It means it's probably important. The social worker's getting some more information. The client states that she did not, the previous worker did not respond to calls or texts during off hours and would only speak during working hours. To me, that is bringing up a red flag for expectations with the therapist and boundaries. So given this information, initial meeting, client says, I've tried therapy, past therapist, was not involved, only would talk to me during working hours. What should the social worker do next? And remember, next means you already have information. You're somewhere in the process. What would be your next step? So we can start to eliminate some answers. You want to make sure that your answer directly ties back to the question stem. So let's go ahead and process of elimination, eliminate, because you always want to get it down to two answer choices. You're going to have a much better chance of getting it right by using the process of elimination. So I would go ahead and rule out C, explore the client's feelings towards the past therapist in further detail. That's not important right now as we're going over expectations, we're building rapport, and we know her feelings, right? She was not involved, would not respond during off hours, would not speak outside of working hours. So C is out. B, go over confidentiality and privacy with the client. That does not relate back to what the presenting problem is, that the social worker feels that they did not have a good relationship with the past worker due to some sort of expectations conflict or some sort of boundary issue. So B is out, C is out. We are between A and D. What do we do? Do we just ignore what she said about her expectations and her past experiences and start to collect more information? D is also going to be eliminated. We don't need to continue collecting information about the reason for inter entering therapy yet. We're going to do that, but we need to first do answer choice A. Ask the client about her expectations of communication with the therapist. When we are in that engagement phase, we need to make sure that our expectations of therapy are clear and boundaries are clear, especially someone that had some difficulty with workers not responding during off hours or outside of working hours. So I would simply say, can you tell me a little bit about what your expectations for communication are? And then I would clearly state what the policies are. I only respond to calls or texts during working hours. If you are in some sort of crisis or it's an emergency, here are some resources that you can utilize if you need the help. Because it's clear that there was some sort of expectation misalignment with the past therapist. And we don't want to get six weeks into the relationship or multiple weeks in. And this client who is having interpersonal relationships is saying, why aren't you answering my texts? Why aren't you answering my calls? So we at, up front need to be very clear about what it is that our boundaries are and what the client can expect from us. Question number two. An executive director at a community-based agency observes that staff members seem to have problems working with clients from diverse cultural backgrounds. This includes a low retention rate and poor satisfaction surveys from clients. 
The director interviews several staff who mention they feel that they're unprepared to work with these clients. The director determines that some things needs to be done so that the clients can be better served. What would be the best course of action for the director to take? A, hold performance review meetings for the staff members who are having trouble with cultural competency. B, ask supervisors to provide training to new hires. C, revise current onboarding and training protocols and educate all staff in culturally competent practices. D, revise interviewing question to ensure staff are only hired if they can demonstrate cultural competence. Go ahead and take a moment to read this question. This would be an example of a more macro-based question because we are asking to look at a problem at the agency level. Go ahead and take a moment here. What's going on here? Our role is that of the executive director. So that would mean we are in charge of high level policies, procedures, staff. We are looking from more of a agency based lens. What's the problem? That some staff members are having difficult, difficult times working with clients who come from different cultural backgrounds. And how do we know this? Low retention rate of clients and poor satisfaction surveys. That's a problem, right? The director's interviewing staff and they said they don't feel prepared. So something needs to change. And what would be the best course of action for the director to take? If you get a question that says best, multiple answers might be decent choices, but one is going to be the most all encompassing, the most supportive of both clients and staff members and agency policies. So keep that in mind as you are selecting an answer choice. So let's begin process of elimination. I would automatically rule out B, ask supervisors to provide training to new hires. That might be helpful, but that does not help our staff who are already there working with the clients, right? Training should be provided to new hires, but that does not get to the problem of what is going on with the current employees. So B is out. What else would I rule out? I would rule out A, hold performance review meetings for the staff members who are having trouble with cultural competency. That seems very punitive um, and just saying we need to have a performance review without understanding what the barriers are for those workers would not be appropriate at this time. So we have ruled out A, we have ruled out B. We're down to two C and D. So we need to think of how are we going to best support clients, staff members, and agency policies. I would go ahead and rule out D, revise interviewing questions to ensure staff are only hired if they can demonstrate cultural competence. That does not help what is going on currently with our staff, right? We need to make sure that all staff are trained in cultural competency. So D is um, not going to get to the underlying cause, the system's cause of what's going on, which leads us to process of elimination Answer choice C, revise current onboarding and training protocols and educate all staff in culturally competent practices. Why is this the best? It's clear that there needs to be some sort of overhaul of training and education provided. So revising onboarding and training protocols that helps the people coming in, the new employees, and educating staff in culturally competent practices helps those that are already there. So that is the correct answer C for practice question number two. Let's jump to our last question, practice question number three. 
You're working with a mother who is concerned about her 17-year-old son son's marijuana use. She states that his grades are slipping and he is disengaged and aloof. The mother begins tearing up and states she feels helpless and does not know what to do. She says that despite asking him not to, the son defies her and continues to use marijuana in the house. She feels that her son does not respect her and she's worried about his future. What should the social worker do to best assist this mother? A, instruct the mother to call the police when the son is using, as marijuana is illegal for minors to use. B, tell the mother that individual therapy for the son is needed and the social worker should speak with the son directly to make meaningful change. C, discuss with the mother how she can set appropriate and clear consequences and boundaries for this behavior with her son. D, tell the mother that she should require the son to attend a substance abuse rehabilitation program. Go ahead and read this one. Okay, what is important here? What do we need to focus in on? You are working with a mother. So the client is our mother. And it's clear that there is some sort of breakdown or some sort of discourse that has been going on with the mother and son. And there's some conflict there. So he is 17 and he's using marijuana. Grades are slipping. He's disengaged. He's aloof. And the mom is feeling very helpless right now, which is why she is reaching out for help. She says that she asks him not to continue to use marijuana. He does. And she does not feel like her son respects her. And she's worried. At the root cause of all of this is the mom is worried about her son. What can we do to best assist the mother? Remember here, the client's our mom. She's asking for support. How can we help her? Let's go ahead and rule out any questions. A can be ruled out. Instruct the mother to call the police when the son is using as marijuana is illegal for minors to use. That is not going to repair any sort of part of the relationship with the mom, and it's too extreme. We're not going to say, please call 911. We don't think, we don't have any information that this is an immediate safety crisis. A is absolutely too extreme. So rule A out. What else can we rule out? D, tell the mother she should require the son to attend a substance abuse rehabilitation program. Also, too extreme at this time. We don't know how frequently the son is using, how much. We would need much more information before we're going to say he should go to a substance abuse rehabilitation program. So we are down to B and C. Do we tell her that he should get into individual therapy so that we could make more meaningful change? Or do we discuss with her how she can assess set appropriate and clear consequences with her son. Remember who was our client here. That's going to help us get to the correct answer. So knowing that, we're going to eliminate B, tell her that individual therapy for the son is needed and the social worker should speak with the son directly to make meaningful change. We're here to support the mom. We might refer, give the mom referrals for support for her son, but that saying he just needs to go into individual therapy does not help support the mom in her needs right now. So B is out. Process of elimination. The correct answer is C. Discuss with the mother how she can set appropriate and clear consequences and boundaries for this behavior with her son. Why is that the best answer? Because it empowers the mom, right? And we can't make change until there's consequences, there's communication, and it's clear that we have helped the mom have these conversations with her son.
So C, discuss with the mother how she can set appropriate and clear consequences and boundaries would be the best way to assist this mom at this moment. And it's a really good starting point. So we have to meet the client where they're at. So how did you do? If you are looking for more ASWB study content, like I said at the beginning of the video, check us out at agentsofchangeprep.com. If you have any questions, you may email us at agentsofchangeprep at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank you for tuning in. And remember, this test is hard, but you can do hard things. You got this, and I commend you on taking this next step in your studying journey. Thank you. Mm -hmm.